rejoice in this consolation through the same Christ our Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, Lord. So, Linda, can you close the door? I wonder, how can you tell that a professional baseball player is a Catholic? I think it's very interesting. I'm keenly aware of that. Do you know what, Grace? Uh, I think your family likes the, the Dodgers, I'm pretty yeah, sure, no? Yeah, yeah. The Yankees one day, probably, no? Right? Okay. Do you know, Jake? Well, I'll tell you. When the Latino Catholic hits the home run, he'll do two gestures. And then... Isn't that true? You ever notice that? Very interesting. They'll go like this, which is a symbol of heaven. Then they'll go like this. But if he's not a Catholic, he'll just go like this. Get a high five, right? Pretty interesting, isn't it? A little bit of a sports culture for you, right? Interesting, right, Grace? Yeah. Tell your relatives that. You'll learn something from Father Broom on a baseball Catholic culture, huh? When you make... Okay, have you ever made the sign of the cross? I, I wonder, we make the sign of the cross so many times. Do you know why? Because religiosity without education can easily degenerate into superstition. You hear that? So religiosity without education can degenerate into superstition. So if you've ever gone to these psychic readers, I don't go, but they're in the corner of Carson and Juan, you got the psychic reader. You're going to see Our Lady Guadalupe there. You're going to see the crucifix. You're going to see a rosary, but then you'll see Buddha with his big panza. You'll see him too. And you'll see a lot of kind of weird things, superstitious things. And that they, they, they do that because they know there are a lot of Latinos, Mexicans, that can bring them in the front door, see Our Lady Guadalupe, the Sacred Heart, and pull out your palm and read your palm and say, by the way, that'll be five bucks then 10 bucks, and then 20 bucks. And they jacked the price up. Before you know it, it's 100 bucks. No? So the 5 bucks was like bait to get you in the door. So I say that religiosity without education degenerates into superstition. Right? So all of you, you're about to be confirmed, none of you really know why we make the sign of the cross. And I'll tell you why. You make the sign of the cross, it symbolizes two of the most important things in our Catholic faith. Okay, let's see. Can you make the sign of the cross? Can you make it, make it well? Do I have to start from zero? No? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay? Again, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. Once again, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Okay, 
Two things. Every time you make the sign of the cross, you think about Jesus. He died on the cross for you. And you never thought about that before. The next time you make the sign of the cross, wow, our Lord, our Lord died on the cross for me. He, he loves me so much that he suffered, shed his blood for me on the cross. Think about that. And next is when you make the sign of the cross, it's a corporeal manner by which you're professing the greatest mystery in the Catholic faith. You're a scholar in disguise. What is the greatest mystery in the Catholic faith? Don't feign ignorance. You know it. No? Yeah, I just... I want to give you forgot a, about I it. I want to give somebody else a chance. Okay. Joanna, go ahead. Esmeralda, no. Carmen, come on. Some wisdom. Some pearls of wisdom to float from those, from those lips. Carmen! I have to talk with... Greatest mystery in the Catholic faith is the Trinity. Right? Isn't that true? And what is the Trinity? Three gods and one. Oh, three gods. Uh-oh, I think you made a mistake. You, you, you spoke before you thought. Three gods and one person? Wrong. Sarah? Okay, yeah, you, you, you got it backwards. Yeah, it can happen. But I would say rather than people, I say three persons in one God. Okay? So we got one God, three persons. The first is the Father, the Son, and then the Holy Spirit. So the Father is the first person of Trinity, right? The Son is the second person. And the Holy Spirit is the third person. Now, the Son, there are two natures, Right? You've got the human nature and you have the divine nature united in the one person. But also, where is the Blessed Trinity? Is the Blessed Trinity just up in heaven? Do any of you, most of you I think are the, are the youngest of most children here. I think the youngest... Uh, well, no, you got a younger one there, right? Two younger ones. Okay, if I go to church on Sunday and you have a three-year-old child, and that child is baptized, I can say, okay, Mom, hold up that little guy. And the little guy is just wailing. He wants to go to McDonald's. No, he's been throwing a fit during the Mass. But still, he's been baptized. So I tell the mom, place your hand over the heart of that little child. There you have the Blessed Trinity. Why? Because that little child it can be a little bit naughty at times. But that little child is not going to commit a serious sin. Now, is the Blessed Trinity, is, it, here's the big question now. Is the Blessed Trinity in each and every one of you? I don't know. I don't know. You know better than me. 
Because you have a conscience, right? Why do I say I don't know for a 15-year-old rather than a 3-year-old? Hello, anyone home? Can I turn up the volume a little bit? <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yeah, three-year-old uh, little guy is not going to commit a mortal sin. He doesn't even know what it is. But can a 15-year-old boy or girl commit a mortal sin? You betcha. You, know, you all know that, right? Right? So, now if we commit a mortal sin, then we don't have the Trinity within us. But if you hear these words, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You have the Trinity going within you once again. Wow. Isn't that a great miracle? You boys understood that? You'd all become priests. You just understood that. What a... What a great miracle that is. An even greater miracle to be able to lift up the bread and it becomes God. You believe it? It's huge, isn't it? No? Huge. Okay, so that's uh, kind of an intro to the second part of our talk. We're going to be moving now. Last week we talked about one of your favorite topics, I think. One of your favorite topics, which is hell, right? One of your favorite topics, no? So we talked about hell, that the children had a vision of hell. Remember that? that our lady opened up her hands and she's able, they were able to see this fire with the flames and you could see the souls floating around without any equilibrium. You could hear the horrific shouts of despair. You could see these ugly animals, right? These ugly animals that were transpiercing the souls. Those ugly animals, those were the devils. Yeah. And Our Lady said that she wanted those children to see that vision. And they said if, if she were not there, they probably would have died of fear. Well, Jessica, do you think the meditation in hell can be helpful to us? Why? Okay, so by meditating upon it, we can do all we can to avoid going there, right? Hannah, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I like to preach on hell because no one preaches on it anymore. And if you're really filled with the reality that hell exists, that's going to help you do all you possibly can to avoid going there. Right? It's called reverse psychology if you, you know, study psychology one day. It's really the opposite effect is you're aware of it, you're going to do all you possibly can to avoid going there. All right, now I'm going to present to you, remember we talked about Jacinta, remember? Remember those three children? Remember their names? Or you have a, a very transitory or fleeting memory that doesn't go beyond 24 hours, hmm? You got a bad memory unless someone lends you money, and then you got a memory of an ele elephant, huh? <laughs> right? If someone lends you money, it's up there, right? <laughs> or someone hurts you, you never forget that baby either, right? Well, you try to remember the good things too. Remember the good things that God has done to us. 
Okay, so three children of Fatima. Lucia, who's the older one. Then you've got Francisco and Jacinta, and they are brother and sister, and they're the cousins of Lucia. And Jacinta, you see the, the picture there? She's the little one. And then in the middle one is Lucia. And then the, the boy, his name is Francisco. Got that? Yeah. Okay. So let's move on to page, page three. Now this little girl is a little shepherd girl. She hasn't even learned how to read and write as of yet. So she's 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 illiterate. She's illiterate. And she comes from not a a desperately poor family, but a very modest family. And have enough to eat, but not, not too much beyond that. Okay, so we're going to see all the different things she did. She's the youngest of three children. Of these three three children, rather. Offered countless sacrifices and even her very life for the conversion of the many sinners immersed in the muddy pool of impurity. We'll mention just a few of the heroic sacrifices of this little girl. Okay, so the first... Well, the first is the rope. She'd take a rope and she fastened the rope around her waist. And maybe you've never done that before. You know, you might do that. You might maybe do it for an hour or two. Okay? Yeah, get a rope, fasten it on your waist, and maybe walk around for an hour or two and see, see how you feel. She's nine years old, no? How do you think you're going to feel, Carmen? Okay, I would say that probably the best word would be discomfort, if you know, you know English language. Discomfort, you know, the opposite of feeling comfortable. Are you going to die if, you, if that happens? No, you're not going to die. But it can be uncomfortable. And she's going to be wearing, and she's going to be feeling it during the course of the day. Now, our lady is going to say to the the three children, "Take it off at night." You know why, Hannah? Because they won't be able to sleep at night. And our lady wants to make sure that they they're able to sleep anyway. So, but during the day to allow that to happen, so little girl is is suffering that to save souls from hell. You see what's happening? Okay, prayer, rosary, sacrifice. In five days we enter into Lent with La Quaresma, with the Cenizas, okay? Five days. Five days away. So already we're going to be thinking, what can we what can we do for Lent? What can we sacrifice for Lent? And I would say, okay, now listen, don't put the rope around your waist those 40 days. In other words, don't don't do it without consulting your mom and dad. Okay. 
and a priest. I'm not telling you to do it. Okay? I'm not telling you to do it. Uh, because you should have you should have good spiritual direction. Make sure you're doing what, what God's will is. But you're aware that this little girl did it. And the purpose was she saw hell and wanted to save those souls from going to hell. This is love. How do you define love? Love is a willingness to suffer for the loved one. You hear that? You, you, know, you, you know what I've said is true. You never heard it before. But that resounds within you as being truth, right? Love, you know, love is, is a willingness to suffer for the loved one. I, I know that my mother loves a lot because she, nine kids, she, she suffered a lot for us. None of you come from a, a nine, uh, nine, nine brothers and sisters. You, you got that. You know you got a lot of problems. The willingness to suffer for us, that's a sign of love. It really is. So love isn't simply sentimentalism or hugs or teddy bears, ositos, huh? Who cares about that? Valentine's Day, giving hearts and Cupid and those little hearts. Okay, give them, give it if you like. But real love is the willingness to suffer for the loved one. And the best example is Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen? Yeah. That's the best example. It's Jesus Christ on the cross. Right, Belinda? Yeah. Jesus suffering on the cross. That's the best example of love. It's he died on the cross because he loved you so much. And your sister too? Yeah. Yeah. Now think about that. Having a rope around your, your waist and walking from one class to the next and you're sitting down, you're on the computer there and you feel it rubbing up and down. This is a little girl. She's nine years old. She can't even read and write. Where did she get this? Who taught her? The Holy Spirit. Good teacher, huh? Right? Good teacher, the Holy Spirit? Yeah. She was taught by two people, a Lady Fatima, and she was taught by the Holy Spirit. Pretty good teachers, huh? I don't think any of the Harvard, Princeton, Yale professors are going to go beyond Mary and the Holy Spirit, right? Even the best Ivy League schools, huh? <laughs> okay. Do you like to eat? None of you like to eat, huh? No? None of you like to eat? You like to put sand on your food usually? No, you like a nice meal, huh? Well, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm not a big eater, but I do have my preference. I like Italian food, I, I have to admit. No, no offense to the Mexicans here. No, Mexican food is pretty good, huh? But a good Olive Garden lasagna, lasagna classico, with one of that good... Do you ever, ever go there with, with their salad? Man, <laughs> mamma mia, as they say in Italian, huh? <laughs> you ever go there? Good place, huh? You like to go to Chuck E. Cheese, right? <laughs> You're a big macker, huh? No. Oh, ah, Pollo Loco. Your father, your, your father used to work at OCL, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They give you a discount? 
They gave me a discount because I got this, huh? Ah. <laughs> but um, okay. Well, I'm thinking. I'm saying this not to not to make your your mouth water, but she gave up her favorite food. What do you think her favorite food was? They didn't have any pizza in Portugal over in that poor area. She loved those delicious grapes from the Portuguese hillsides. Maybe a, a luscious, sweet grape. Man. Huh? You know what a dried grape is? It's called a raisin. Did you know that? Didn't know that, huh? Yeah, a, dry, a dried grape is a raisin. Hmm? Learn something new every day, huh? <laughs> so her favorite food was she, she, she loved those sweet grapes and she preferred not to eat them. So think about your favorite food and you're not going to eat it for Lent. Uh-oh. Are you ready? <laughs> I doubt any of you have that courage and strength to do it. You probably couldn't. You probably, could, probably go, couldn't go beyond a week. No? But what, why is she doing it? Did any of you ever hear the word a masochism? That's a big college word. You ever hear the word masochism? None of you? Okay. Well, you'll learn later. Masochism means just to suffer for the sake of suffering. That's a masochist. We're not masochists, but we suffer because we unite our sufferings to Christ and we want to save those sinners. So there's a purpose behind we offering up these sacrifices. Got that? Okay, so she purposely sacrificed her favorite food, the sweet grapes of the Portugal, Portugal hillside, replacing them. What did she eat? Bitter nuts and berries. Ah. Bitter nuts and berries. With respect to nutrition, well, the bitter nuts and berries, probably again, just a nutrition, against some protein there, right? So, biologically, probably those, bit, those bitter nuts and berries might even be more healthy for her. Right, Hannah? See, Padre. Yep. So, food. Now, dancing. Now, if I say dancing here in L.A., right away you think about uh, you speak a little bit of Spanish, La Cantina. We say the famous nightclub, huh? Well, the, the dancing back th then for this little girl was an innocent dance, okay? It wasn't a provocative, provocative, provocative dance, which is also often related to drinking and drugs and bad lifestyle. So it was in, an innocent dance, no? But she loved to dance. She was an extrovert. She was expansive. She loved to dance. Guess what? She decided to give up dancing. Hmm? To give up dancing. So she loved to dance. This would be honest and innocent dancing. But no more. For the love of God and to prevent souls from plunging into the fires of hell. All of this was done to save souls. See, she's motivated. You know, we have to be motivated. Unless you're motivated, you're never going to do anything great in your life. 
in psychology, it's called the principle of motivation. You're, unless you're motivated, you're never going to do anything great in life. We have to be motivated to get to heaven. Amen? That's why we're here in these confirmations. We've got to be motivated to get to heaven. If you don't see the value of getting to heaven, you may not make it. But if you see heaven as your ultimate goal, that you want to go there with your whole heart, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. But if, if you don't see the purpose of getting to heaven, maybe we're not going to make it. We could go to hell. And we don't want to go to hell. Hey, look at some of the look at some of these athletes, professional baseball players, the Olympic Games. You know the Olympics. You ever watch some of the Olympics? Any of you? Do you know what the Olympics are? Where's your culture here? You've heard of the Olympics, right? As soon as they finish the Olympics, they're already training for the next Olympics. Did you know that? Yeah, they're training three three years before. They're already training, track and field. You name it. You name it. Because they want, they want to get the gold medal, but maybe the silver, at least the bronze, okay? They've been working at this for three, three years. I remember the first time I ran cross country in New Jersey. You know? First race I, I ran, I won it, okay? I ran two and a half in 1441, no? So I was in JV, you know, and I was thinking, man, I, I was running 10 miles and 5 miles, and the first time I started to run, I couldn't get out of bed because my muscles weren't used to it. You know what they gave me? A popsicle stick with number one on it. <laughs> That's the only thing they gave me. I, that was the first and last race they ever won. I'm just going to get an ugly pop, popsicle stick, number one, who cares? <laughs> I saw a popsicle. Who cares about a dirty popsicle? Well, at least I got the number one on it, Eddie boy. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I saw, it wasn't a, no, a golden crown, you know, $100. You could go to Dairy Queen. An ugly popsicle stick with number one. <laughs> That's all I got. No. Yeah, it didn't motivate me at all. <laughs> So we have, to be, we have to be motivated to go beyond the ugly popsicle stick with number one or two, okay? <laughs> okay? And once we get to heaven, it's going to be better than the ugly popsicle stick. Remember that. Okay? Remember the story, okay? <laughs> okay. So we have to be motivated, no? I, ha I have an older brother who's a... He's an orthopedic surgeon. You know what that means? Orthopedic surgeon? You know what that is? He's a, he's a spine surgeon. So if you have back problem, um, you go underneath the knife and he'll cut you up but he'll put you right on your, on your feet. You'll be able to walk, walk straight. Okay? Um, yeah, I wonder how many years he studied after high school? About 10 years. It's a long time, isn't it? No? Like nine years uh, studying, another year residence. Uh, that's a long haul, isn't it? No, probably it's a half a million bucks too. That's a lot of money, isn't it? No. Why did he do it? Does he believe that it was worth it? 
you believe it's worth it. You know, he's practicing for 40 years, a very prestigious spine surgeon in Florida. He doesn't regret it, no? Because he really believed it was worth the while. You know, I was studying after high school another 10 years to be a priest. That's a long haul, isn't it, no? Because <laughs> I believe it's, a, it's worth it to become a priest to be able to help people to get to heaven. Right, Hannah? No? If I were not motivated, I would never think after high school another 10 years. Ah! <laughs> And when I was your age, I didn't like to study, no? <laughs> but you have to be motivated, no? So we have to have a motivation to get to heaven. you got a motivation to win, to win, uh, win the Olympic Games, or to win the World Series, or to become a back surgeon. We have to be motivated to get to heaven. Amen? Motivated to get to heaven. So she's doing this, what? To help people not to go to hell. That's the reason behind it. I, I want to suffer this to help people to avoid going to hell. So, when you're offering up something, say Hail Mary and offer it to the Blessed Mother to save someone from going to hell. Yep. Yeah. You know, offer up a little sacrifice. Okay, you see, Hail Mary, I offer up this soda, this chocolate chip cookie, this uh, video game, this uh, cleaning the bathroom that my mom has already told me to do a hundred times. I'm not going to complain the hundred first time. Got that? Okay. So, offer it up. Say the Hail Mary. And by doing that, you know, you're going to see people are in heaven because you offer up that sacrifice. Yeah? You believe me? It's going to happen. Well, once you see it, once you get to heaven, you're going to see, you're going to see a welcoming committee there saying, hey, Hey, Jimena, thanks for that rosary that you said and didn't feel like. Hey, Jessica, here we are in heaven because you offered up that rosary on your knees. And, oh, Esmeralda, you know, you gave up that TV program. Ah, here I am in heaven. Welcome. You're going to see it. I promise you. John, you came to Mass. You didn't have to come. And your mom said, come on. I don't want to come. I'll go. You offered it up. And that person was dying. You received communion. And the person opened up his heart to heaven. To, to God's love and they're saved. That's the way it works. That's the way it works. So make sure that you offer your sacrifices, give them to Mary, say the Hail Mary, Mary will take those sacrifices to save in abundant souls. I'm pretty extravagant. I'm pretty extravagant. You know what I do? When I I say Mass, I'll say, I hope, I Lord, I pray that this Mass will save a million souls. What do you think about that? Father, you're asking for too much. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Prove it. Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Whoever asks, receives. Whoever seeks, finds, whoever knocks, the door will be open. Matthew 7, 7, right? Right? Jesus said, ask. And he said to St. Faustina, ask with bold confidence. We receive little because we ask for little. Now, when I say that prayer to Jesus, sometimes I hear Jesus speak to me. When you hear him speak to you at times, I hear him speak. 
All of you, if you're quiet, God will speak to your heart. He speaks to me. You know what he says, Carmen? Ask for more than the million. Okay, well, they will. Why limit it? Doesn't mass have infinite value? You know what infinite means? No limits, right? What does finite mean? Limited. What does infinite mean? Limits. Without limits. Ask for the skies. Right, Jessica? We ask for little, we're going to receive little. Imagine you're sitting at the table with the richest man in the world. What's the name of that guy who lives up there in Santa Monica? The multi-billionaire. He just bought, um, I think he just bought Twitter. He's a multi-trillionaire. What's the guy's name? Elon Musk or is it Muskie? Or so what? Okay. Um, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Not Muskie. Not the three musketeers, no? Elon Musk. He lives up there in Santa Monica. Okay. Try to imagine, okay, he invited... Uh, Okay, Jessica, Joanna, and Grace to have a meal. And um, he said, well, ask whatever you want. So uh, Grace asked, well, okay, give me a peanut shell, okay? And Joanna said, well, how about, um, how about a penny? And Jessica said, well, I want, I want $10 billion. So you got the peanut? You got the penny? Good luck, baby. Okay. But you get how? How much? You get the billion bucks because you didn't ask for it. You didn't ask for it. You didn't get it. Sorry about that. Pobrecita. Huh? <laughs> you got it because you asked. We don't receive because we don't ask. Right, Belinda? They, they, they don't ask. 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 Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Ask, seek, find. So myself as a priest, Lord, I know I have a lot of power as a priest. Let's, let's save the world together. Huh? I say to Jesus, Lord, let's save the world together. Lord, you're my king. I'm going to walk next to you. Let's save the world together. What do you think, Jessica? Worthy, worthy enterprise? Hannah, what do you think? You're going to be confirmed. Save the world together. Save the world together. No. Some of you think, well, I just want to get into hell. I just want to have with my pants burnt. You know, just get in the back door. Okay. Just with your pants burnt. Just barely get in the back door. No. no let's, let's aim high. Because yeah, you haven't studied yet, but there's a principle in physics called gravity, right? You've heard of gravity? You've heard of gravity? Okay, at least you've heard that, no? Say so gravity, there's a spiritual gravity within our souls because of original sin. We tend, we tend to, toward the lower things. That's called spiritual gravity. That's called original sin. Spiritual gravity. So we should aim high. Aim high, not low. You aim high, you're at least going to make it to purgatory. You don't aim high, where are you going to go? Probably lower place, huh? Let's aim high. Aim really high. Aim high. Try to aim higher and higher and higher. You know, 
You ever see the, the, the high jump? You ever see the high jump in, in Olympics? I like the high. They're trying to jump over a stick and they jump higher and then higher and then higher and higher and higher. We should be, we should be spiritual high jumpers. No? You know who would have been a professional high jumper? Making Olympics, uh, Belinda? St. Francis Xavier. Francisco Javier, the great saint, who went to uh, the University of Paris, he was a super athlete, and he followed Ignatius. He would have been a professional high jumper today. And thanks be to God, he became a priest and one of the greatest missionaries in the church. Huh? Amen? Okay, so the next one is this. Rosary. Not one rosary, but as many rosaries as possible, trusting in the most powerful intercession of Mary, who loves God and loves souls. I've said it once and I'll say it again. You've got to pray the rosary every day. Hello? Anyone home? <laughs> it's falling on dead ears, I think. <laughs> it's falling on dead ears. Are you selective listeners, Father? I don't understand your New York accent. Okay, I got you. Okay. <laughs> You've heard that many times. Try to get, try to pray that rosary every day. And even though, even though you don't, oh, excuse me, even though you don't feel like it, pray it anyway. Okay? Pray it anyway. You know it's better than praying the rosary, Joanna. I'll tell you, praying two rosaries. Okay. You know what's praying, better than praying two rosaries? I'll tell you. Three rosaries. Right before here, coming here, I had, I had a half hour free time. So I prayed one rosary, and I was praying with a group of people. Then I prayed a second rosary. Then I knew people were going to be outside waiting me to go to confession. So I ran the confessional for half an hour. Then I came here. But I had, I had a half hour free time. And I thought, well... I've got three or four really prayerful people here. So I prayed two rosaries. So I've already prayed three rosaries today. I've got to travel to Los Alamitos to give a talk in the evening. I'll probably say two decades on the way, another two decades on the way back. Hey, by nine o'clock I'll get my four rosaries in. I'm probably busier than you people. Probably am. If you saw a typical day of a priest, you'd probably have a heart attack. No? Well, really. Probably much busier than you people. But I make sure that I, I make sure that I, I, I pray a lot. If I pray a lot, you're going to see the mountains moved. Yeah. If I pray a lot, you see the mountains move. If I don't pray, I'll fall flat on my face. No? So all of you, pray the rosary. Okay, you can say, oh, it's boring, it's repetitious, I don't need, I get distracted, I start to yawn, okay. I got you. Pray it anyway. And I think one of the greatest graces I've ever had was when I, when I was your age, I had to walk to school, and I had to walk about two miles. I lived in New Jersey. Okay? New, no, New Jersey, speaking like a New Yorker. And I would pray, when I was walking to school, I'd pray, I pray two to three rosaries. 
when I was about 14, 15. What do you think about that comment? Because I was walking by myself. Those were the days when kids had books. You know what a book is? Was that a... You know what a book is? Okay, okay. <laughs> the days when, you know, we had books, no? We didn't have cell phones or anything like that. You don't... You don't know this, but when I was your age, I'd have to go to a public phone, put a, a dime in the phone, and I'm older than your parents. You'd have to put a dime in the phone, then you have to connect with the operator. Who would you like to speak to? Mrs. Broom. Nope. Put in another dime. Oh, boy, I don't have 20 cents. So, Sorry about that. No. <laughs> we didn't have a cell phone, no? So those were days where you really had to offer a lot of sacrifices that we don't have today. So, um, some of you are going to be picked up by your parents, right? How long are you going to be in the car? Sarah? Esmeralda? 20 minutes, right? Yep. Hannah? Jessica? Okay. All of you that spoke right now, you could easily... Pray one rosary. Right? And some of you, uh, some of you live in Lakewood or in Hawaiian Guard, you live closer, okay? But if you're walking, it's going to take 15 minutes, right? I gotcha. <laughs> you're walking, yeah, you're, you're maybe uh, half a mile away, that's going to probably take about 15 You can get, you know, if you don't have the roads, you've got 10 fingers, right? Do you have 10 fingers or 9? 11? Now you got ten. Right? Well, you go around your fingers five times, huh? <laughs> See, we, we waste a lot of time. How much, uh, how much time do you spend on your phone every day? Whoa! Four, five, six, seven hours, huh? Oh yeah, you're all going like this now, huh? And you say, well, I don't have enough time to pray the rose. Or you're in your phone six hours a day. It's a question of priorities. <laughs> right? Yeah, there. Your, 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 your phone is almost glued to your hand. When you come in here in the door, we have to, un we have to unglue it, huh? <laughs> it is. It's glued to your hand. No, we have to kind of glue it, no? Somebody says you're, you're, you're married to your phone, no? Estoy casado on mi teléfono. What would happen if I got the justice and the peace and they married you, you to your phone? No, there, was, there was a guy that married his phone. Did you know that? Yeah. Got a justice and peace. He dressed the phone in a white gown and they, and they got married, no? <laughs> Are you married to your phone? I hope not. <laughs> now, that's where we're heading in this crazy world. Now, uh, girls want to marry girls, boys want to marry uh, guys, no? And people want to marry their phone, no? I know I, no problems with the mother-in-law, right? <laughs> okay, so the rosary, no? No problem with your mother-in-law if you marry your phone, right? <laughs> the Pope <is> suegra, huh? <laughs> so, if they can get a rosary in, what do you think, Belinda? Can they get a rosary in? Think they can pray rosary every day? Yeah, that could be another good Lenten proposal, pray the rosary every day. There's a saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Have you heard that one? An apple a day keeps the doctor. Uh, an apple a day keeps the, do uh, the the doctor away. A rosary a day keeps the devil away. Huh? 
All right, like that? And three roaches that keeps all the devils away. <laughs> Good one, huh? Yeah, I like to create colorful one-liners, no? So, even drinking water, huh? So, let's read that. One, one of the most, the hot and humid days in summer, Jacinta was offered some cold and refreshing water to drink, but she refused it. Why? For the salvation of poor sinners. That's a tough one. Imagine uh, playing baseball in the hot sun, two or three hours, and you come back, you want to drink. Oh, I've done that. Hot, humid weather of New York is not like California. That's a toughie. So she purposely decided not to drink that water to save souls from the fire of hell. You ever done that? Gone through a, uh, an evening when you wanted to drink, you didn't drink? It's a tough one. But it's done out of love to save those souls. Now, have any of you ever had an operation? I have more than once, yeah. None of you? Well, thanks be to God. Probably sooner or later, you're going to be underneath the knife. I mean, I don't want to scare you, you know. <laughs> How would you like to have an operation without anesthesia? Do you know what anesthesia is, any of you? What's anesthesia? Never heard of that, huh? Anesthesia is they put you under with that so they, they put you to sleep so that when the knife is coming down you're not experiencing the knife cutting in. No? This little girl had an operation without anesthesia. Nine years old. Isn't that incredible? And she, she, she offered up to Mary for the salvation of souls. See, this little girl, she's a spiritual giant, isn't she? I mean, this little girl, myself, with all of my studies, my education, all of my, I mean, I, I admire, I almost feel like, I, I think about her, I almost feel I have to fall to my knees to honor her. She's such, she's so holy. I've offered up a little sacrifice, but she puts me to shame. I've done a little bit. I haven't killed myself. I've given up certain things, but I, I, this little girl, wow. It's all because she loves God and she loves what God loves, the salvation of souls. Do you love God? Mas o menos, huh? Menos que mas, huh? You love God, huh? Do you? Then you should love what God loves. What does God love? The salvation of souls. Huh? Got that? You love God. You say you love God. Putting your money where your mouth is. huh? <laughs> you, you say you love God. Okay. Then love what God loves. The salvation of souls. How are you going to work to save souls? By praying and by offering up sacrifices. Right, Belinda? I'm using a... This is called logic in philosophy. Okay, 
Okay, you love God, yes. Okay, you love God? What does God love? God loves the salvation of souls. We gotta we gotta we gotta pay for it, huh? You gotta pray, you know, and offer up sacrifices. Yes. Okay, now there, there are two types of sacrifices or or mortifications or penances. There's one one type is self-imposed, other is imposed by God. You got that? One is self-imposed. The other is imposed by God. Self-imposed that you you take it upon yourself. Okay? You take it upon yourself. Okay, you have you have um, you have a brother and you have a candy bar and you love Milky Way. You say, man, I, I know he really likes the Milky Way. And you give him the Milky Way bar and you don't have it. That's hard. I, 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 don't know, I like Milky Way. I don't know about you. I like Milky Way. I do. I like Milky Way bars. I mean, my birthday, I probably get a thousand Milky Way bars. No? <laughs> don't buy me any Milky Way bars. So, no? But you take it and you give it to your brother and you really wanted it, and you see him unwrapping it, and he's eating it, he's looking at you, ah! <laughs> kind of rubbing it in a little bit. No, but no, you're, you're suffering, and you say, okay, Lord, I pray, I'll offer this Milky Way bar so that someone who's dying now can be given the grace to go to heaven. Saved because of the Milky Way bar. So those... That would be self-imposed penance. Here's another one. You ever have a ever have a headache? So have I. You ever have a stomachache? So have I. You ever have a toothache? No, none of you. You know what a root canal is, any of you? I've already had about three or four of those babies. Ah, <laughs> hopefully you won't have you won't have to have it, no. Uh, I did, no? The root canal is no joke, no? So, you got, a, you, you got a headache, you got a toothache, you got a stomachache. Either you can complain or you can accept it and offer it to God. It's interesting because whether, whether, you, whether you want or not, you, you have it anyway, no? You got it. You got the stomachache, whether you want or not, you got it, no? Maybe it's for 24 hours. We got a headache. Whether you want or not, you got it, no? You got a toothache, okay? Maybe your mom's a dentist, okay? Okay. Thanks be to God, you got someone in the family that can help to remedy that, huh? But still, you got the toothache. You got the headache. There you are, you're throwing a pity party the whole day. Ah! 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 Everyone in Southern California knows that you got the headache, okay, the toothache. No? Everyone knows, no? You know, you lost the you lost the merit of the toothache. But if you, okay, I'm suffering. I'll offer it up. I'll give it to Mary. I'll pray for the conversion of a sinner. Hey, that toothache, I could save a soul. So you see what I'm saying, Hannah? One is you impose it upon yourself. Another is self-imposed. I'm sorry, 
One is self-imposed. The other one comes from God. That God actually sent that to you. So you can, you can either have a pity party and complain, oh, pobrecito, poor me, no? And you lose the merit. Or you, you willingly accept it and God takes that suffering to save a soul so that that soul will not go to hell. And when you go to heaven, you can have a welcoming committee. Hey, thanks. I am here because you offered up your toothache for me, and here I am saved. Very interesting how we're going to see all these things happening, these souls being saved, because we're all able to offer up these sacrifices, and not to waste it. Huh? You probably know as, as priests, you know, as priests you probably know we visit a lot of hospitals and a lot of sick people and part of our work. And um, the other day I went to a hospital where this guy had an um, older man. And um, he was groaning and moaning and groaning and moaning. And I was suffering with the guy, you know. I was just hoping that the nurse would come in and give him some medicine because the guy was, he was suffering. So I went and I gave him the anointing of the sick and then I prayed the chaplet with him and his, and his daughter and son-in-law. But the guy was, um, the, the daughter was in the confirmation program with her grandfather. But um, that man can offer up his suffering. How many souls can be saved? Because he was, he, was, he was suffering. And I was suffering to see him suffering. And I wanted to alleviate it, but I'm, I'm not the doctor, no. And the nurse came in and she's about to give him a shot. I think some of the, what do you call it, the morphine. Probably give him some morphine to, to alleviate the suffering a little bit. But all that, I go to many hospitals. How many people are suffering and groaning and they waste their suffering? Some of you will become nurses probably one day. Probably. Become a nurse one day. Help these people that are suffering. Maybe you'll become a doctor. Help these people not to waste their suffering. Suffering either makes you better or bitter. Got that? Yeah. Like that one-liner? Suffering can either make you better or bitter. Better or bitter. Mejor una señorita amargada. Better or bitter, huh? No quiere ser una mujer amargada. So, there we have it. Let's go to the operation. You want to be operated on? She's operated in the hospital in Lisbon. Yes. When she, when the supreme importance of the virtue of purity. How important it is for all of humanity. Oh, I'm sorry. Operates in, in the hospital with little with little anesthesia. Yes, when she was, she had to undergo an operation with barely any anesthesia. The noble and brave Jacinta accepted it and offered it up to prevent souls from precipitating themselves into the fiery pit of hell. All right. Last idea. This Wednesday is Ash Wednesday. Okay, you're going to come to church, huh? Are you? You're going to come to church. 
What are you going to receive? Less than Jesus, right? The ashes. Where? What do they mean? Once again, I, I probably we're going to have probably 8,000 people that are going to come for ashes. Do they know what it means? Most of them don't have the foggiest idea. They think it's like a passport to heaven, no? Like a coyote pasando la ciudad Juarez, no? Like a passport. You know what a coyote is? No, no. Ah, you can't be coyote, no? It's not a passport to heaven. Do you know what it means? There are two things that the priest can say. What does it mean? Good. Okay. From dust you are made and into dust you shall return. Okay, you said the words that the priest will say. What does it mean? You see, our religion, if we don't understand the meaning, you got, you, you got the ashes, you don't even know why. You go to school, someone might say, hey, why do you have that dirt on your head? Said I'm a Catholic. What does it mean? I don't know. I have to ask my catechist, Father Broom. Well, I can't go to your school. No? I can't go. I'm here. And I'm already busy enough here. So there's thousands of people waiting for me. Huh? What it means is this. One day you're going to die. <laughs> That's what it means. One day you're going to die. Are you ready to die? Probably none of us. That's what it means. The, the church wants us to come to terms with the fact of our mortality. One day we're going to die. And we know neither the day nor the hour. You hear that earthquake there in Turkey and Syria? You hear about that, that earthquake? Well, how many? So 20,000 people died? What was the number? Yeah, 20. Most in, in, in Turkey than Syria. Were those people ready? Did they know the night before that there was going to be an earthquake in which the, 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 the earth was going to open up and all these people were going to be dead? They didn't have the faintest idea. Some of you might live to be 95. Some of you might live, live to 16. We don't know. Father, stop scaring me. Um. Father, stop scaring me. Sounds like a Dracula movie, no? Well, I don't want to be draconian, but we don't know when we're going to die. But my grandmother lived to be 95. Hey, you could be driving through the gardens and a cholo shoots and you don't duck in time. You know the gardens. You're from there, huh? Now you used to be, huh? This is called the gardens, huh? It's not Beverly Hills. or We don't know. We don't know. Don't live in mortal sin. Get out of it. And the other is, what is the other one, you remember? You can say, the priest can say, repent and believe in the good news. And which means, we have to say no to our sins and yes to the love of God. Amen? Say no to our sins and yes to the love of God. Now, all of you, all of you, you, you have to do something in Lent. Can you... you None of you, uh, let's see, none of you are 18, 
so you don't have to fast because you're still young, but you might want to. Your parents have to fast. You've heard of fasting, right? They, 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 they got to fast. Okay, your your grandmother, no. You, if you're if you're 59 or older, you don't have to. But your parents fall. Most of your parents fall. They're not 60 years old yet. They got to fast. But you have to abstain from meat. None of you can eat a hamburger on that day. Big deal. You probably eat too, eat too much meat anyway, huh? But then during the, during during Lent, you have to do something. And there are three categories: pray, prayer, fasting or penance, and then almsgiving. Okay? Prayer, prayer, fasting or penance, almsgiving. Father Al Hall said this, Belinda. Are you watching me? Go up, go in, go out. Like that? Go up, go in, go out. Go up, go in, go out. Go up, prayer. Go in, penance. Go out, almsgiving. Like that? It's a tri-dimensional way to explain it. Go up, pray. Go in, go out. What did you say, Grace? Go up, what? Go in? Go out. You got it. So try to decide something you're going to do in this Lent. Already think about now? You've got five days before we start. Amen? So let's follow up on this next week, right? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among them. Bless the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now. Yeah, the Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit.